The following podcast contains spoilers and words that our mothers would prefer we didn't say. We watch it. Hello everybody and welcome back to We Watched A Thing with Billy and Dave. How you doing, mate? I do good. How do you do? Mate, I do very good. I do good. <laughs> I'm, so I've heard. I'm very, very excited to chat about this one with you. Uh, this has been one of my most hotly anticipated films of the year, which I know is, you know, most people would say, you know, like a blockbuster or, or a Marvel film or something. But no, I've been really looking forward to Alexander Payne's new quiet indie dramedy. Uh, were you looking? Did you know about this one before you saw it? No. Yeah. No. Right. Didn't, uh, I mean, I'm... I'm not quite as big as you, but I am a, a Giamatti fan. So yeah, um, when once you mentioned it, I was keen, but I hadn't actually heard of it. I didn't know it was coming. So yeah, sort of right. When it, I, I knew nothing about it. Hadn't seen a trailer. Didn't know the plot. Just went straight in cold. Yeah. So we've only gotten it down under here this week. I think it's been out in the states for a little while now. Uh, I wouldn't yeah, have thought too long, tracks. given that it is a, a you know Christmassy film. But according to the poster, it looks like it says October seventeen, so a while, um, and it's gotten some pretty strong Oscar buzz already. So let's get straight into it. The Holdovers is a twenty twenty three American comedy drama film directed by Alexander Payne, written by David Hemmingson, and starring Paul Giamatti, Divine Joy Randolph, and Dominic Sessa. And what is it about, Dave? It is a kind of another stand and deliver type retread where teacher, <laughs> you know, um, gets through to young person, um, but with a slightly different setting in that um, Giamatti is a, this sort of cranky old history teacher who yeah. gets shafted by his colleagues and, and lumbered with the shit task of being the one who has to oversee the kids that, are stuck at, at the school over the holiday break. Yeah. Um, he stays there anyway because he's kind of doesn't have a life outside the school, but he absolutely does not want to be having to oversee these horrendous children. Um, and after, uh, I think, a, a period of time anyway, most of the kids all end up going home or going elsewhere, and he's stuck there with one boy. Yeah. And... Um, the uh, sort of head of, head of the kitchen crew, um, who is there as well. Yeah, and then various events happen, and people grow, and <laughs> it's all about the friends they made along the way. I am super keen to chat to you about this one. You ended up seeing this one about a week before me because we were meant to do this last week, and then COVID yeah. struck, and I couldn't catch it. Um, so, but last week, and we haven't spoken about it at all, but the end of last week, when I said we were getting to it next week, you said possibly chatting about the best movie of the year. And that's kind of stuck with me because I'm like, I can never tell with you, Dave, whether you're talking <laughs> truth or whether you're being facetious. <laughs> you do it all the fucking time. So I can't I'm, wait. I'm puck the mischievous <laughs> yeah. So I can't wait to hear your genuine thoughts on this film. And I, I have to know. Is this in your contention for top five of the year? Are we going to hear you chat about this in a couple of weeks when we record with, uh, you know? I, I, I mean, I haven't done the list. 
yet, but it could well be. I, okay. I'm, I'm fairly fairly confident this is, is definitely in my top ten. Yeah, nice. Uh, I can't recall enough about what's come out this year to yeah. know if it's five or not, but it's good. Yeah. It's a good film. I, I loved this film. It's very high in my contention. It's probably either my one or two currently. And even if it's not my favorite film of the year, this is my favorite screenplay of the year. This is so well written. It's so wow. funny and After touching. last week, that's a big call. Well, and I was I was going to say, you know, interesting that this is now our second film in a row presented in Academy Aspect in 4-3. Uh, yeah, true. Yeah. Um, Look, I I love Sulpa, and that's going to make it very high as well. But this has taken top screenplay for me, and I hope that this gets wow. nominated and wins, uh, if nothing else, screenplay because it's just a gorgeously written film. Like it's so funny when it wants to be funny. It's so touching. Um, I, I just think this is gorgeously made and and put together. Now, tell me, uh, I. Always think I've seen more Alexander Payne films than I actually have. <laughs> he's, I, he's just in the back of my mind is one of these guys because I know I love Election. Oh, I love Election. Um, sideways. but and, and Sideways. But I don't think I've seen any of his other films to completion. Yeah, I, right. I know I've seen the first half of Downsizing about three times and then for some reason never finish it. And I always think I'm enjoying it, but then everyone else trashes that film so I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have no idea whether the second half goes <laughs> off a cliff or not but i haven't seen descendants I, and i, the I can't descendants is good. think of anything else he's uh done. nebraska um, um that's the bruce dern thing isn't it not bruce dern isn't it uh it was bruce dern and oh it is bruce young... dern will forte is the name i was thinking of that's yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. uh no no i haven't seen it yeah but, yeah but he he normally writes his films yeah. Yes, he's written all of them except for Nebraska and this one. Actually, that's what I was, that's what, what I was kind of getting to is. I don't know, and was too busy to actually look up what David Hemmingson's pedigree is. Yeah, but presumably he must be pretty. I mean, he's obviously pretty good because this is good. But I did see an interview with Alexander Payne where he said, "Oh, he'd been wanting to work with Giamatti since Sideways, but had been waiting for the right project." Yeah, and then this was sort of literally created with him in mind from the outset. So yeah, yeah. Well, th that made me assume that Payne had written it, and then literally just you know, just before we started recording, noticed on the yeah. time to be, and then as you said in the, in the intro, well, he it's, didn't. It's very interesting. So David Hemmingson um, does not even have a Wikipedia page. Um, I don't. I think this is his first feature. So Payne came up with the idea. Um, and Payne contacted ah, okay. Hemmingson uh, because apparently Hemmingson had written a TV pilot um, that uh, Payne had read, which was also set in a boarding school. And so mm. apparently that's how they got in touch. But so I don't, I don't know if Hemmingson's written anything else to date, but I thought Very the weird. dialogue in this film fucking Payne's sparkled. Premise. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's really, he's, he's obviously good at it. Yeah. It just seemed really odd that for a, a premise that, painted come up with yeah yeah given that yeah. he normally does write his own stuff but you know what that, yeah, that was actually odd. just makes me like um pain even more i think because you know there are some filmmakers looking at uh lucas 
where you know recognize your talents and your skills know what you can do and what you can't do and even though i think Payne is a great writer whatever he read in this pilot he was clearly like okay this guy can do what i want for this film. i did i do recall something in the interview i saw where he may and, and possibly that was what he was saying i don't recall but it was something about um he had gone and spoken to people because he is he he didn't go through that sort of a scholastic system when he was young so he wasn't familiar with it and he did talk to various people and they did a lot of scouting and that's and that's where they found young Dominic Sessa who we'll, we'll no doubt get to um was when he's sort of trying to learn about this part of academia that he hadn't experienced himself yeah yeah um let me ask you this did you find this film funny it's got some very funny moments in yeah it. i found obviously parts of it hysterical <laughs> it's i mean obviously it's it is essentially a, a drama and and it does have a, quite an emotional note at the end in particular and and there's some very emotional beats throughout it but there's absolutely some funny lines in it yeah you, almost in oh some from divide your randolph but most of them from giamatti yeah yeah who has some laugh out loud moments yeah he is he's so good at it i mean i think that all three of the leads are fantastic in this film actually i still yeah. don't know how they pulled off that lazy eye on paul g marty i don't know he won't he's... say i know it's i was going to ask you because it, <laughs> I can't uh, tell. it doesn't look like it uh, i don't it doesn't look like a contact it doesn't look like cg and it would be a weird for a movie like this to have that much I mean, it could be. It's, it's, it. a, it's a period piece, and period pieces tend to have a lot more VFX than people realise because, of course, they have to paint oh, yeah, out yeah. any anachronisms yeah, yeah. and stuff. And and there were... I can't remember the house. I did see a VFX house um, in the credits of this film. So it could be that. I don't know if it's he, a what, He won't say. Or, yeah. <laughs> uh, surely that's not something he can do. You know, like, I mean, you know, you could point to no, well, Bill Skarsgård in, in Pennywise doing the eyes, but I don't, he couldn't, no way could someone hold that for an entire but, film. Yeah, like yeah, this. but Skarsgård can do it to freak you out. He can't do a whole film no, just with that's one fucking I, yeah. <laughs> It's amazing. I had to go Googling photos of Giamatti to go, I haven't seen him in anything for a few years. Maybe he's just got <laughs> yeah. a fucking wonky eye now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he, it's, it's very, very well done, however oh, they've done it. It is, yeah. He was fantastic in this film, though. He just, like... It's it's an interesting film because... Uh, look, look, who would you actually say the protagonist and the lead of this film is? It's really hard to... Oh, I feel it's, like... It's him. You think it's Paul Giamatti? Not the young boy? Yeah. Absolutely. I feel There's like... very little... Very little um, in the way of scenes... Of Dominic Sessa without Giamatti there. I don't know. A lot of stuff of Giamatti by himself or just with uh, Divine Joy Randolph. There's not really anything that we're getting purely from um, the young bloke's perspective that I can recall. It is. I don't know. I mean, it's funny, you know, like typically you would say the protagonist is not necessarily who you spend the most screen time with. It's the person who I guess develops and grows. Uh, But I I think all three of them do in the film. And I think that all three of them do wonderful. They're all fabulous. But I mean, we, the first 
Dominic Sessa doesn't really sort of, until all the other kids leave, he doesn't really sort of step up into that triumvirate of main characters until he's the only kid left. Whereas Giamatti's the, you know, we start with him. I disagree, actually. I feel like right from the start, we spend quite a lot of time with him. You know, like there's the whole, the other guy bullying him and taking his photo um, we do yeah. get quite a few scenes at the at the front end there of just the students, and they're usually revolving around him. Um, oh yeah, he, he's definitely head and shoulders above all of the other yeah youths in in the film. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, I, I mean it's it's Giamatti's film for for me anyway. Yeah, I think he's yeah. He's where the, I was where I was going was it's interesting, you know, like it, it's it's arguably his film, but I feel like. For the most part, there's not a lot of emotional weight from his character. Most of that comes from the other two, I think. Um, And Paul Giamatti, for the most part, is there to play off of those two, to aggravate those two, to bring levity to the screenplay. Um, I I don't feel like he's got a huge amount of emotional weight. He's fantastic in the film, but I think it would be very easy to look at it and say, it's not like he's doing a lot. And I I disagree. I think he's doing a lot. Oh, yeah. I've I've found the the other two characters were almost their purpose in part was to show the humanity in him because he starts out and he's this crotchety guy and he, he seems like a real miserable bastard for the yeah. first 20 minutes or so. Yeah. But then you get these moments like um, uh, when he visits, uh, I can't remember uh, Divine Joy Randolph's character's name, but he, he visits her um, while she's cooking or cleaning or doing whatever after the rest of the, the kitchen staff have left. And you get a couple of moments there where he's been—he's—he's he's not talking down to her. He's, yeah, yeah, you know, showing some person. And then a little bit later, when all the kids are sitting and uh, eating, yeah, there's that great. And moment. one of them says something, and he yeah, just and he snaps, lays into it, and says, "You've got no idea what yeah. she's been, gone through. You spoiled little shit or something." Yeah, and yeah. There's a, a few moments, and and. Yeah, for me, I, I sort of found that her character and then sort of further into the film, Dominic Sessa's character in particular, kind of gave us these moments where we saw his humanity and... and yeah, that's fair. Yeah. There's that as, brilliant as, as, line in that scene where, you know, you were born lucky. For most people, hmm. it's like... Uh, what's the exact wording? It's like climbing a, a ladder in a... Uh, you know, it's shitty and i forget the exact wording but it's a fucking great line it's so well yeah, it's, written there's so many I, I, I still one of my favorite moments is one of the early on where not dominic sessa but the, the the more obnoxious kid says something like i can't fail this class yeah i truly believe yeah. you can <laughs> he's a genuine troglodyte <laughs> just such great dialogue in this film um I touch on Dominic Sessa. Yeah, yeah. Top, top. We, we've had a couple. I can't remember. We've had a couple of films this year where we've talked about how a younger, less experienced actor, had, had, uh, Anna Diarmas in, in Knives Out, I know it was one when we talked about it, how daunting it must be going up against 
a really iconic actor of this sort of caliber. Yeah. And this is a guy who's never been in a film or, or anything before. Yeah, yeah. He literally is, it was in the drama club of the school where they filmed. Really? And that's where they... Yeah, yeah no, right. this, this was one of the things I saw in, in the yeah, um, right. Payne interview. They, they, they didn't know how they were going to cast this kid. Yeah. And then they ended up just going, let's just have a look at the drama club of the... When they'd finally selected their campus yeah, that they were yeah. going to film at yeah. let's just check out the drama club and that's where they found this guy yeah right and so he potentially he did he doesn't even have aspirations for this as a career he's just in the school <laughs> drama club um that, that he he is phenomenal particularly oh, when you take that into consideration yeah yeah, yeah he's fantastic like he, he's got some like if he's presumably he's like seventeen or something, because it's a, it's not a college, it's a high school that they're filming at. Yeah. yeah. So he would he he's a minor, who's never acted in anything other yeah. than school plays and That's stuff. That's crazy. And he's there I didn't yelling, know that. "Fuck you!" at Paul Giamatti. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now he was he was fantastic. As is Divine Joy Randolph. The only thing I, I think her. I've seen her in is Only Murders in the Building, where she plays the police detective. That's obviously the yeah. The, the I big, think that's the only um, thing I've seen her in before. She. Fucking crushes this role. She is able she's to make fabulous. you laugh so hard. Like she's so funny and has great timing. And she she's a funny one. She actually doesn't have a lot of outright kind of jokey dialogue in this film, which the other two do have That's quite a bit of. of. It's it's physical world weary, yes. sly, snide, yeah. throwaway lines under your breath type stuff. And she is hilarious. Um, and oh man, your heart breaks. Like pouring a bourbon into a coffee yeah. cup and the scene, smoking. The scene at the Christmas party where, you know, they go into the kitchen and she's standing there with her shoes off, just that was fucking brilliantly played. Like it was just so well done. And when the guy's, you know, asking her to put something else on the stereo and she loses it at him, like it's just, it's it's heartbreaking and it's touching and it's funny all at once, which is so mm. hard to do to blend all that together. But I think this film absolutely nailed it. Yeah. I, I have seen her, um, Only Murders was the thing, obviously I recognised her from most, but um, uh, she was in Dolomite, but... <laughs> So we're a million people. But uh, the, the other one that I remember her in is um, what I think was a little <laughs> unfairly maligned. I enjoyed it. The Lost City. The, the um, Oh, Sandy I Boyd. liked that movie. And Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember her. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's literally the fourth lead after those three. That's all right. I'm assuming maybe she's Sandy B's agent or something. Yeah, I, okay. From memory, oh, she's constantly calling back. Yes, yes. Um, now it's ringing a bell. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't remember. I, I just, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I do remember in that. Yeah. Um, but I, I like that. I, I like that film. Yeah, me too. Um, I'd love <clears throat> to ask you your thoughts on this. Um, what constitutes a Christmas film and is this one? Because... Um, you know, like obviously, know there's always yeah. Well, there's always arguments about whether Die Hard is a Christmas film or not. I actually think that is fucking not. I actually think it is on rewatch. No. But Topher and I just last week recorded our Christmas special, uh, which is going to come out on our next week or something. And we threw out a million movies. We're like, what are we going to do? We tossed up Batman Returns. Um, we landed on Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, 
Um, That's a good film. I'm yeah, a big show you know what? It, you know what? It's not. It's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> Not. Look, I'm, a, I'm an old-fashioned fella. I'm a purist. To me, a Christmas film, it's not about whether it takes place at Christmas. It's not about whether you have lots of scenes of Santas and Christmas trees. It needs to, at its core, have a quote-unquote Christmas message. The film yeah. needs to be about the Christmas spirit. Which is why I'm curious really to see wanky. where this lands for you because, I mean, effectively, Giamatti is our Scrooge. Like, he's effective, you know, whether or not it is the season itself that transforms him um, or whether it's more just spending time with these people. I just think we as an audience come to understand him better. No. I don't think he, he, transforms. he transforms. He does 100%. He, he was you th- you a dedicated he, teacher at the no. start. He's a dedicated teacher at the end. The only thing that's changed is that he has... He has come to know this particular boy more and appreciate his circumstances. But I don't think he's a cunt at the start. No, I don't think he I is just either. But he 100% he's, transforms. He is a bit disillusioned by his current crop of shitheads that he has to teach. But he's a dedicated teacher who genuinely believes in what he's doing. I don't think he's jaded and then he finds a new lease on life. Oh. I think he, he is... I couldn't I, to disagree me, this, more. This, this is a, there's a lot of similar DNA between this film and Dead Poets. You've got a dedicated teacher who um, helps uh, a student. I mean, in, in the case of Poets, it's multiple students, but helps and ends up taking the fall for, you know, doing what he thinks is right as a teacher. Yeah. And losing his job. Uh, Similar sort of trajectory. No, I dis I disagree. This is a Christmas movie. He's he's our Scrooge. He does transform hundred percent. The scene where he goes out on Christmas Day to bring back a Christmas tree. He oh yeah no no sorry I have done that a year previous. I I, I don't think this is not a Christmas film. No sorry. Um, Yeah, I I missed your actual initial question. I I, yeah, I I would say this is this is certainly more of a Christmas film than Die Hard, Topher. (laughs) (laughs) For me, this is up there with It's a Wonderful Life in terms of great Christmas films. Um, I think that this one hundred percent could not be set at a different time of year. Like this movie doesn't work if it's over spring break. Like it only works. Due to the no, setting, no, no. due it, to the season. It needs to it half of the emotional turmoil is that this poor kid's mother doesn't want to spend Christmas with him. Yeah. That's She'd right. She'd rather spend it with her new shithead yeah. husband or whatever. It, it, that only works at Christmas. That doesn't work if it's just a holiday. Yeah. It it it, it relies on the, the the snow in that setting. It wouldn't even work in the southern hemisphere at Christmas. It needs that setting. It needs that kind of emotional weight. Um, yeah. It needs the, you know, the extra impact that um, uh, Reynolds' um, son dying has because it's the first, you know, she's yeah. Christmas yeah. without him. Um, all of those things. It, it only yeah. works with that setting. Uh, it's, in, it's interesting, you know, like I, I, I just spoke about how Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is not a Christmas movie. But one interesting thing that I read is that the reason Shane you know Black reindeer guys, <laughs> yes, it is. But the reason that Shane Black sets all of his movies at Christmas, which kind of became his trait, like literally they were all set at Christmas time up until I think The Predator. Um, 
I was reading the reason he did that is because he feels like Christmas heightens things, particularly emotions. Like if a character is lonely, <clears throat> they are lonelier at Christmas. And yeah, you oh, know, completely. I think that yeah, that's one hundred percent right. And that, like you said, that's and why for, this movie works. A, a lot of, I mean, a lot, pretty much all of his uh, kind of action-oriented films, and the disparity between all that action and the happiest time of the year, yeah, makes the action stand out so much more than if it was just a Friday. Yeah, having it at a time when people are winding down they're thinking about family it's all warm and fuzzy it's all about sitting in front of the fire and having your eggnog and all of this stuff to have gunfights clashing with that yeah is so much more impactful than yeah. it is yeah on, on a work normal work day yeah um one thing that i really wanted to talk about which we haven't really yet is the look of the film and the setting i mentioned that it's presented in academy aspect same as saltburn and I love the look of this film. Like, obviously, it's set in the 70s. We we lean into yeah, that it, at it, moments, it I think. I think the cinematography at times really leans into 70s, but it never goes into that overly cheesy. Like, we're not doing a million crash zooms, which were big in the 70s. There's one or two to set the tone. No, it's more, um, the, it's more the color palette. Yes, and which is I, gorgeous, I think, too. Like which the, it works so much better for the story that we've got that it is in... Uh, you know, more of a lo-fi yeah. era. They don't have. It's it's not like they they can bite away their time with PlayStation fives and yeah. home yeah. cinemas and all the rest of it. There, there is you know they're stuck with each other's company because that's all they've got. Yeah, and yeah. the winter setting. Oh, it's so beautiful, is man! So much. It, it works so much better with those muted color tones. Yeah. And, the sort of washed out look that you get, and then obviously combined with the the aspect ratio, which yeah. again puts you into that era. Yeah, hundred percent. God, I tell you what, like being Australian, I know that snow would be a real pain in the ass, like having to walk through it, having to <laughs> shovel it, trying to start a car. I know Turns it would into be a pain mud in the ass. The rest of it, but fuck, but I just want enough. snow. <laughs> Like it's fucking, you know, over 30 degrees here at the moment. And that's Celsius. Oh, so I don't know what that is. Horrible. Close to 100 for you Americans. Uh, it's just like, it's just awful. And we're not even, we're what, 12 days into summer. I tell you what, Jan and Feb. We've already had suck. the two hottest days of the year. We've, we've had yeah. a, in the last week, we had a. 41 and a 43 or something. Yep. Fucking all the Well, you, got, you guys hit those kind of temperatures in September, right? September, Sydney had its hottest September day it's ever had on record, which I yep. think was 35, 36 or something. It's just it's all that global yucky. warming that doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> so I want snow. I know it would suck, mm. but, but man, I just want some. <laughs> yeah. No, 100%. All my Celtic blood just looks at the <laughs> yeah. weather forecast and goes, fuck you're not meant to be in this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this is definitely, um, if not my one, my two or three of the year, I still need to kind of go through and finalise my positions. But at this stage, I, I I really, really loved this film. I'm hoping, like I said, that it gets up for best screenplay. I'd be happy to see any of these actors take any of the nominations. Um, yeah, yeah. A big fan. I'm a nine out of ten, bordering on a ten. Where are you? 
somewhere around uh, eight and a half, I think. Oh, you probably are closer to a nine. No, I, <laughs> you I don't heartless know. Bitch. It, look, I can't really fault it. So it is probably. It, it, I mean, I guess it has to be at least. A nine. I think that's I the thing for me. I, nothing. I, I yeah, I can't. I can't think of anything to, that would improve this film. The <laughs> only reason I'm saying I'm a nine, not a ten, is because I. I, th- that feels weird on a first viewing to give it a 10, but I cannot fault this yeah, film I, in I, I any don't way. Do that on, yeah. And it's also hard because mentally I'm sort of putting it up against Saltburn and against other things and go, okay, well, you're all kind of on the same score, but I know in a few weeks I'm going to need to pick favourites and yeah. put one above the other. So it's sort of like that as well. But, yeah, no, like, I'm a nine. Yeah, it, nice. It's a fucking great film. It's really, really wonderful. Nice, nice. And I love the ending. I thought the ending was so fabulous. Yeah, yep. It was just touching. Yeah, I love when he walks out of the principal's office and he's like, this eye, this is the one you look at. Oh, God, I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> just, that almost made me fucking cry. I, I was know. thinking more of when he's packing the truck and the... And yeah. The, yeah, so it's like are they, they, they going to hug? Oh, yeah, fucking the, hug him! What they, are you? They do the the manly <laughs> shake hand thing, but like you know, they clearly want a hug. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love this movie. All right. Well, next week we're getting in the Christmas spirit, mate, and we are going to devise a playlist of our all-time favorite Christmas songs. <laughs> yep. Are we are we doing? versions as well like obviously oh yeah pretty much gotta, everything gotta in, that, do versions, in that running yeah. is gonna be 10 million things and yeah which is probably the only thing really that's gonna save us from having a million double ups because of course as always no double ups so <laughs> yeah it's gonna be rough it's gonna be really tough yeah which one of us is gonna snag mariah <laughs> i was just thinking do we make it a Mariah free zone? Ooh. Oh, maybe we do. Maybe we do. I and whoever gets to go first, there's one song in particular that, knowing your taste in music, I'm really worried you're gonna steal from me. Oh um, no, we're not. I know what it's gonna be too. I think. What is it? Say the say the first letter. Oh, of the actually, band's no. Name. There's two. There's two that I I categorically want. Yeah. So now I'm gonna have to think about which one I go first to stop you. <laughs> say the first letter of the band's name. No. Yeah, yeah, because I just want to know if we are on the same. Of course we are. It's P. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Duh. yeah. I know. I'm. I, that's that's the one that I'm like, you know, because like I'm sure that you'll, I'll have like a mix, probably like half like traditional carol type songs and then half kind of non-traditional songs like that one. Um, but that's probably, that's up there as one of my favorites of all time. I'll be bummed if you get that and I don't. <laughs> Kevin Bloody Wilson's I Saw Mummy Sucking yeah, Santa Claus. Yeah. Hey, Santa Claus, you cunt. Where's cunt. me fucking bike? <laughs> oh, that needs to close the episode. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. All right. Well, I'm really looking forward to that. And also, uh, we'll chuck up uh, the um, Topher and I Christmas special <clears> on uh, some Shane Black goodness just for funsies. But in the <laughs> meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchthething.com or wewatchthething at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and X, or a lot of the handle at wewatchthething. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchthething, and we'll catch you next week. Cheerio.
Tell you what, I hit that button way too early. We've never had that much music at the end before. <laughs> oh, well. It's good. I like it. Yeah.